Hi, I'm Ahmed Noman from KFAI. This is Miniculture. You know, I just want to groove people. I just want to have like some sort of a fiesta. Oh goodness, I want us to have our own building. This is the number one request song on KDWB. And this is a Somali poem. This podcast brings you stories about Minnesota arts, culture, and history. They took away my way of providing for my family. Music is it. <laughs> like, it has to be. Like It's the destiny. It's destiny, you know? <laughs> we go out there and we do us. These are some of the best pieces we've aired on KFAI over the years. Today, a story about making plates and one about breaking them. Both from producer Zan Holston. Zan will introduce us to artist Michael Sweary. One blue tile for 25 cents. I'll take that. He's a Minneapolis-based mosaic artist who uses reclaimed materials, like broken up old plates and bowls, for his work. He's gotten a lot of attention recently, including for a mosaic design that ultimately became the poster for the Minnesota State Fair last summer. But before we break the plates, we'll head out to a spot where they're made. And it's an unusual one. It's out in the country in a field of tall grass near Taylor's Falls on the St. Croix River. Zan went out there to check out a makeshift pottery studio and brought back this piece. Fred Yerich owns an old, beat-up, wood-fired kiln. It's like a 73 Cadillac two-door that's got a lot of rust on it. You know, it's cool, everybody knows it was cool, and it, you have to feed gas to it all the time. It's a hulking pile of bricks held together with rebar and steel beams, decrepit and jerry-rigged. And a few times a year, Yerich and a few other potters get together to take it for a spin. They call themselves the Rogue Potters. Once in a while, it breaks down, and you have to figure out how are you going to fix it to get home. And um, we do that. <laughs> I've seen gas and electric kilns fired, but never this big. And I wanted to see what it took to make a beast like this run. So I packed up my family, and we drove out to their Civil War-era farmhouse. The Rogue Potter shanty is nestled a few miles outside of downtown Taylor's Falls. And while some of their neighbors are part of a big pottery tour, the Rogue Potters don't have the cash for that. So they do the next best thing. They piggyback on those that do. We were on a tour that we're not actually a part of. We just happened to be in the vicinity. And the man's like, you guys are rogue out here. That's fit us well. Rogue isn't just the way they attract customers. There's no running water in the house, and the property swims in a sea of waist-deep grass and milkweed. Once my partner and four-year-old daughter and I arrived, they said hello and handed us a weed whacker. Yep, we had to cut weeds before we could set up our tent. Meanwhile, the rogue potters did some last-minute glazing and grinding old clay and glaze from the kiln's shelves. Next came hours of stacking pots. Team Rogue moved bowls, vases, and cups inside the ancient beast. It was like a wobbly game of Tetris, where one wrong move could send days and weeks worth of pottery crashing down. Then they bricked in the kiln. And then, finally, as sundown approached, the moment arrived to light the propane and toss in the first few logs. Fire it up! Fire it up! Long one. Fire in the hole! 
Pottery, stacked. Wall, built. Propane, blasting. Wood? Who's feeding the kiln its first bites? Oh, it's me. All right, man. Put your microphone down. You gotta throw the wood in. Yeah. Oh, I gotta throw the wood in? You're throwing the wood in. And then one again. And then you put the um, bricks in. Bricks back in. Two at a time. And you just start the wood kiln. Done. Yep. When they get hot, Eight hours in and they were still just getting started. For the next eight hours, the goal was to raise the kiln's temperature by 100 degrees every hour. They worked in shifts, some napping while others tended the fire, making sure to keep the rise in heat gradual. We start with very big, thick logs in the beginning because you want to go up slow. And if you go up too fast, um, it heats unevenly and your, your pottery can crack. The kiln blazes away for a full 24 hours, peaking at a white-hot 2400 degrees Fahrenheit. At that temperature, the pine logs emulate on contact. Big, bright flash, and then burn away. And big, bright flash, and burn away. The wood just explodes when it gets in there. The ash mixes with the glazes and the pottery, melting together and changing the pottery's color and texture. This firing resulted in 250 earth-toned bowls, cups, and plates, each one dripping with rich ochres, milky whites, and cool turquoise tones. But it's an imprecise art. Wood kilns allow for a lot of surprises. So there's a lot of happy accidents and a couple unhappy accidents. The rogue potters say that's what they're all about. It's not simply making cool pots. Anyone with access to a gas or electric kiln could do that. For them, it's all about the journey, about doing something outside the boundaries of regular life. It's about helping each other through a long, hot, grueling firing. It's about keeping that 73 caddy driving through the night. The Wilden Kiln's a monster. For KFAI, I'm Zan Holston. And now, back to the mosaic artist, Michael Swery. It takes hundreds, if not thousands, of little parts to make a mosaic. That often means taking raw materials apart or breaking them into smaller pieces. For Swery, that process has come with its own challenges. Sand reports. Some years back, the nighttime noises coming from Michael Swery's Minneapolis art studio spooked his neighbors. My neighbors thought people were doing burglaries. They kept hearing breaking glass. Except it wasn't glass they were hearing. Sweary was smashing plates. Well, not exactly smashing them, more like systematically dismantling them. You know, for art. Now I try to limit my plate breaking hours to the daytime instead. Sweary makes mosaics from recycled materials. Old porcelain plates, commemorative cookie tins, discarded cardboard cereal boxes, which coincidentally is where he got a start. For years, Sweary worked as an art director at various advertising agencies. He made ads for Golden Grahams, Cheerios, Red Baron. A lot of cereal, crackers, pizza. When Sweary started making paper mosaics about 20 years ago, it was just a fun art project to do with his young son. But then he decided, and pretty quickly, it was what he wanted to do full-time. Something struck me right then and there at that moment. I thought, well, geez, if we can spend an hour or two creating an abstract piece that looks kind of like a rabbit, what if I spent a few days working on something and tried to really uh, you know, make it look like a nice finished design? In 2005, he scored his first big commission mosaic work, four panels of Minnesota wildlife for the Mayo Clinic in Rochester. And it was big. The finished mosaic was six feet tall and 16 feet long. Before he finished that project, he already had more lined up. 
After that, he couldn't break the plates fast enough. When he's not shattering old china, the wiry, bespectacled Sweary field dresses old cookie tins. He's got his technique down pat. When I was a kid, my grandpa taught me how to clean fish or fillet fish. So it's a little bit like doing that, or I, you know, there's a few steps. I grab the piece, and I, the first thing I do is I cut down the side. There's always like a spine piece, just like on a fish. Then he cuts loose the canister's rounded lip. In this metaphor, it's the scales and the fins. Finally, the base comes off, leaving behind a beautiful flat fillet of cookie tin. This is probably a eight inch by about 18 inch piece of tin, so this'll work great. I can get a lot of use out of it. The neat thing about this medium, though, is all of my scrap I can recycle. Use what you need, recycle the rest. Eleven years in, Sweary's done mosaics for the Children's Hospital, HCMC, the airport, and the recently opened U.S. Bank Stadium, which brings about the most recent feather in his cap, the Great Minnesota Get-Together. Several years ago, Sweary answered the State Fair's call for artist submissions for their annual poster. And true to form, he suggested using reclaimed materials to make it State Fair garbage. I know they liked the idea because they sent me a really nice rejection letter. They said they'd keep him in mind which is always promising. So lo and behold, about seven, eight years later, I, I get an email from them saying, hey, we're ready to work with you. Sweary hit recycling bins and trash cans and collected paper crowns and fans from vendors. He even scored some ancient ticket stubs from the State Fair's archives. Then he cut, arranged, and glued them into his mosaic, a llama named Lucky standing proudly before some of the State Fair's iconic vistas, the agriculture building, the gondolas, and the Ferris wheel. And even though it's an abstracted picture, it's a perfect representation of the fair. The throng of faceless people in the background, the bright lights of the Ferris wheel, the settling dusk behind the midway. It's abstract, but you know exactly what you're seeing. As an artist, it's almost part of your obligation to figure out, even if you're a realistic artist, what can I do to, to put a spin on that so it becomes an original piece of art versus just a reproduction of what you're seeing? Sweary's not trying to make perfect reproductions. He's trying to portray feelings. How much of a story do I want other people to get from looking at it? Or how much do I want to obscure? Or how much do I want to leave to their own interpretation? Watching Sweary work, I learned a bunch of advanced techniques for making mosaics, not all of which I'm at liberty to share here. But I can pass along one piece of advice for all the would-be plate breakers out there. You know you're doing it right when it makes this sound. For KFAI, I'm Zan Holston. that'll do it for this episode of the Meniculture Podcast. Support for Meniculture is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Our music is by Javier Santiago. We'll be back soon with more stories from here in Minnesota. In the meantime, catch a wider air programming on Fresh Air Community Radio, KFAI, 90.3 FM Minneapolis and 106.7 FM St. Paul. And on the World Wide Web, at kfai.org Radio Without Boundaries You can listen also using the KFAI app which is available for Android devices through the Google Play Store and for iOS devices through the Apple iTunes Store Thanks for listening This is Ahmed Norman